With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Final edition. On sale now. Just $15. Available at Woolworths, Newsagents, Coles and Coles Express. Have your say on 1170 SEN. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. I'm down on my knees in the dust. I scream from the top of my lungs. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yes, hello and welcome to Higher Ground, your late night league lounge on Thursday, the 23rd of September. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Well, not long now until the wait, ladies and gentlemen, is over. Just 24 hours away from the first grand final qualifier between the Bunnies and Manly in Brisbane and just two sleeps now from the grand final rematch between the Storm and the Penny Panthers. The bookies and I guess most of the so-called experts are predicting a Rabbitohs Melbourne grand final. What do you think? Send me through your predictions. Text 0457 736-736. Which two teams will fight it out for the Proven Summons Trophy on October the 3rd at Suncorp Stadium? Talking of Brisbane, and it's been as good as confirmed that a second Brisbane team will enter the NRL competition the year after next. We all thought it had been put on the back burner or at least delayed until 2024, uh, but it appears it's all systems go and uh, there will be another team in the southeast of Queensland. All that remains is deciding which of the three bid teams is awarded the licence. Pretty sure Redcliffe Dolphins are at the front of the queue. You might have your own thoughts on expansion. I mean, how will 17 teams work? And what about my poor old home state, WA? Gee, I reckon they've missed an opportunity there, the NRL. Um, I moved over to Perth in 1994, played and worked for the Western Reds uh, for a few years, only to see uh, the club booted into touch after the Super League war. Will we ever see another NRL team? in Perth. Should we see another team in Perth? Maybe it's an issue that's a little bit too close to my heart and maybe my brains should take over. What do you think? Let me know. Um, Why can't we add Perth as maybe the 18th team? And uh, that would give us, and don't forget the broadcasters, another match every weekend. No buys required. Um, A new state too, so we can truly call the National Rugby League national. And another market in a different time zone. Surely there are enough reasons to rethink taking the game back to Perth. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but gee, I hope it does. Yes, no, I'd like your thoughts, please. Um, In fact, 
a man that um, touched on the demise of uh, the Western Reds. I heard from him today, actually, John Quayle. What a marvellous administrator John was. I heard him on a, a real estate podcast, of all things. I might try and dig that out, but uh, he was there and, and right around the whole issue, um, uh, presiding not over the Reds, but um, around the game when the Reds uh, were booted out of the competition. So we'll see if we can dig that out and, and hear from uh, from John Quayle, if I can. Um, we'll take a look tonight at the finals history between the four sides still alive and kicking. Steve Maven, uh, former South Sydney player, will join Join us for a chat. Now, so too will a couple of foundation players from the Melbourne Storm. One I played with at the Western Reds, Robbie Kearns. The other I worked with at the London Broncos. His name, Tony Martin. Both champion fellas. And I look forward to catching up uh, with those two a little bit later on. Lots for us to uh, chat through. We'll talk all about that expansion, as I say. Um, and we'd love you to get involved. If you want to pick up the phone, there is some space there now. one three hundred. 1170 one That is the open line number. And if you want to just send us a text, you can as well. 0457 736 736. Yes, indeed. Lovely to have you with us. It's uh, four past eight. We'll be here up until 11 o'clock tonight. Me and the mad Rusky over there on the other side of the studio here in the, the higher ground studio. we got a live audience up the back there. How you doing, fellas? You feeling good? <laughs> I tell you what, I don't know how we keep squeezing all these guys and girls into this tiny sque- uh, studio, given the COVID restrictions. I mean, have they got... They're all vaxxed, right? Double vaxxed. Yeah? Absolutely. Vaccine path. <laughs> And they're way past. I don't, I don't want to get onto that. They're we'll way past one. Um, uh, what? Vax? Yeah, we'll get angry texts about I'll tell you a story about vaccine. Yeah, well, they're way past the 1.5 metres too up there in the yeah. back corner. Are you cosy up there? Is the Roosters man up there? <laughs> they're, they're good. They've had their refreshments too by, by the sounds of things. Talking up, we have got loads to squeeze into three hours, right? You're the executive producer and I don't know how you're going to squeeze this in. Yeah, it's going to be like a Russian doll or something. Oh, mad Russian. You're fitting it all in, are you? You're squeezing it all in. One on top of the other. Layer upon layer. Upon layer. What cake was that? You won't remember. The Barbarian was it? I was about to say layer cake. <laughs> not... No, layer upon layer upon layer. Our listeners will know. Uh, it's a bit old for you. Um, anyway, listen, we've got loads. What I'm saying is we've got loads to cram into the program. Uh, Tony Martin will be uh, giving me a, a bell shortly and have a chat to him. Uh, won a uh, premiership, didn't he, with Melbourne Storm, their very first premiership in 1999 um, after joining the club in 1998 as uh, just a teenager and... I'm pretty sure he scored a try. He did. He scored a try uh, in that grand final victory over uh, over St. George Illawarra. So uh, we'll chat to Toz. I haven't spoken to him for bloody years. Um, we were really good mates, actually, over in London. And I haven't spoken to him or his wife, Mel. I was probably more friends with her, actually. Sorry with her. She worked with me because I was marketing manager for mm. the London Broncos. And... Um, Mel was my PA there for a couple of years. So it was all, uh, yeah, good fella. But that's what happens. You sort of move on, don't you? You Life happens. Life happens. And then I went and had a few kids and they've been traveling here, there and everywhere. Um, Look forward to having a chat uh, to Toz. We might extend it actually because it might just get, is it all right? Yeah, 100%. All right. And then later on, um, couldn't get hold of him last night, Robbie Kearns, for whatever reason. We don't need to go into that, okay? But he will be joining us tonight, okay? Lock that in. Steve Maven from uh, the Rabbitohs, former South Sydney player. He uh, does some really good work with the club these days um, 
with the the podcast, mm-hmm. etc. Rabbitohs, Rabbitohs Radio and uh, Rabbitohs TV, YouTube. I think they're, mm-hmm. they're doing some stuff there as well. So I'm going to chat to him. And uh, we'll go through all the, the news about uh, from the day um, and hear from various people. Cameron Smith has spoken about Justin Olam and, and perhaps he should snub the uh, the Dally M's. Um, Wayne Bennett has spoken about where the Bunnies can and need to improve. Obviously, they take on Manly tomorrow night. They have lost their last three prelim finals. So tomorrow night will be the fourth prelim final in a row. The big thing in favour of South this time round, though, like in 2014 when they won the Premiership, was they've had the week off. They've beaten Penrith. They've had the week off. Everything is, is pointing, sadly for Manly fans, to a South Sydney victory tomorrow night. I'm still tipping Manly. And uh, we'll talk to, uh, we'll hear from Wayne Bennett. Now, talking to Manly, Desi Hasler, what's going on there? So yesterday or last night on our program, and we reported that Buzz Rothfield had reported that Brad Parker was out, right? Not Mm. playing, uh, will be confirmed, um, hand problem. So as good as gone, we confirmed it last night. And then we heard from Desi Hasler today. Desi was saying this. Bit of talk about Brad Parker and a potential injury. Can you give us an update? Will he be fit to play tomorrow? Yeah, he's good. He's ready to go. And Sean Kepi as well? Yeah, he's fine. So completely 100% all good. All good. I'm 1-17. to 17. Ready to go, Luke. <laughs> yeah, ready to go. Well, Desi, I mean, don't, don't treat us like we've just come down in the last shower. Don't treat us like fools, Mr. Hasler. So the... Release has just come out now from the NRL. Brad Parker is out of the game. Confirmation. What's Desi playing at? We all knew he wasn't playing. I mean, doesn't that affect one's credibility? If you come out and make a statement and then you know in a couple of hours or a few hours later, it's going to be shown that you're uh, telling porky pies. It can't be good for one's credibility. I just don't think Desi cares, does he? He's just playing us all. For fools. Do you think he actually listened to the question? Maybe he didn't hear it. Maybe, do you think, well, that's been his go-to. Oh, can you speak up? I can't hear. Maybe. The well, you know what the problem is, and I'm having it too, right, is the hair. Get the COVID hair. cut. Like, he can't get to a hairdresser. Mm. I'm struggling too. We've been through this a number of times. That's why I'm looking like this. But Desi's, he's out of control. They're doing some backburning up there on the northern beaches. I reckon maybe they should do a bit of backburning, safety hazard burns and Desi's hair while they're at it. It's quite smoky out there today on the, the northern beaches. Um, he's a character. He's a character. But, boy, he can coach, can't he, Des Hasler? Mm-hmm. Up against the master coach, Wayne Bennett. Um, it's going to be a ding-dong battle. I cannot wait for this. Uh, for this. Uh, talking to Steve Maven later on, and he let me know today that he, he spoke with Phil Blake. We've been trying to get hold of Blake. Uh, yeah. And, of course, yeah. There so he spoke with Steve, so I'll I'll pick his brain about what they had to what they had to say as well. But you might be able to catch all that if you want to, listeners. Uh, Bunnies fans on uh, your Bunnies uh, YouTube channel, I think it is, um, or Rabbitohs Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so loads for us to get through now. The Dally M Awards, right? We had a bit of a set to last night, didn't we? A little bit of Barney. I don't know if you. Yeah, well, we didn't pull the gloves on. I I think there'll only be one winner if that happened. Um, we we didn't get physical, but uh, yeah, we disagreed vehemently. Mm. You like that word, vehemently? I do. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, now you're all for changing the current the current Dally M voting system. Present your argument again for me and for our listeners. 
Well, so we brought up last night that the top five don't feature any Melbourne Storm players. And whilst I'm glad there are two Manly Seagulls players in there, it seems completely ridiculous to me that Okay, so the after, Storm don't have after one of the nineteen top five rounds in the Yes, after nineteen rounds, after three, two and one every weekend, there are no Melbourne Storm players in the top five. Mm. How can it be? How can it be? Given that the team has been the front runner all season with Penrith and they've lost just three games all season, and yet there is not a Melbourne Storm player in the top five of the Dally M votes. Mm. That was after round 19. So, mad rushing over here. He's thinking, why don't we at the end of the year just get 100 people from the media and 100 players or a, a sample, uh, yeah, a sample, sample audience of 100, and they can all vote and uh, a 3 2 one and come up with our winners. Mm. At the end of the season. End after of the season. all the games have finished. Yes. So I said, no, no, no. Why do you want to change something? It's not that broken, right? And I still maintain that position, but I do understand having given it more thought, your, what you're saying is that Melbourne Storm players, because they've got so many great players, great players, they're taking points off each other, in effect, each weekend. And perhaps that's why they are one game from a grand final. So unlike the other three teams still alive, or let's say Manly, right? Tommy Turbo, they are very heavily reliant on mm. Tommy Turbo. And he scoops all their points. In fact, if Tommy Turbo wasn't playing for Manly, in my opinion, and you might agree, if you're listening, let me know, they would finish closer to the bottom of the ladder than the top. Maybe harsh, but I think that's what would happen. Mm. Uh, with Penrith, again, the same can be said for Nathan Cleary. Can they win a premiership with Nathan Cleary? I don't think so. So Nathan Cleary does bag most of their points. Yeah. Um, South Sydney, mm, spread around a fair bit. Latrell when he was playing, Reynolds, Cody Walker. Yep. But with Melbourne, you're right. There are half a dozen players who are in the points every week. Mm. Cameron Munster used to be the go-to star. But now Jerome Hughes has had a breakout year. And Brandon Smith is probably their player of the year. Mm. Christian Welch, as you pointed out last night. Not to forget Josh Adokar and others. Mm. Justin Olam. So the points are really spread around, aren't they, with Melbourne? So they won't have a Dalian winner, but they might just have they might another a NRL title. Yeah. You know I what know. I mean? Um, however, and I will say that let's say, and with the Roosters, for example, Teddy takes most of their points too, doesn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. Well, yep. this season particularly. This, this season particularly. Um, but with the current system, I think we both agree that Tommy Turbo will be Dalian Player of the Year. Mm. So the current system will ha deliver the right outcome, I think. And the other thing to, to, for the current system, it's all about sort of building a bit of um, anticipation as the year goes on, isn't it? Mm. If we do it your way, well, well it's just a press release. Uh, the winner and the winner is well. the winner is. Well, that's well. How do we do either. the count? We do all the hundred people in the room and we count their votes up. Wait, you don't split it into two nights. Is a good start. Then you do all the other awards. There are so many great awards that get given. You announce the team of the season. You have your fullback of the year, winger of the year, centre of the year, prop, second rower, all that jazz. Yeah. And it's still a terrific night. All right. You can, you can even release, if you want to, release everyone's votes. If you want to do the big, long, drawn-out 
awards ceremony Deep that breaths. TV seemed to love, yeah. despite it not being very good TV. All right, well, we'll draw a line under it. I, we still disagree. Agree to disagree, yeah, well, right? That's fine. That's good. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Democracy. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is that text line. If you want to jump on the open line, there's some. I can't even see it. Move that screen around there. Yes, there is some space on the open line now. If you want to give us a call through one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, we do have. Yeah, we do have our six pack rule. I will remind our listeners if you are uh, perhaps new to this uh, this wonderful um, ratings winner program that is higher ground um, because it's late night radio. We strongly encourage if you've had six beers or six wines or more, um, just send the text through. But under the six pack rule. Feel free to jump on the open line. Back on the Dally M's, though. So we had the the whole um, fiasco, really, around Justin Ole on the Melbourne Storm Centre not being invited to the Dally M Awards. But he's clearly got to be one of the leading contenders for Dally M Centre of the Year. The NRL yesterday did an about face, um, an apology, um, admin clerical error. Of course, he is eligible. Of course, he's um, nominated. And of course, he was invited. But... We basically um, stuffed up. Well, Cameron Smith, his uh, teammate from last year, he spoke with Vossi this morning. Brush it. Ah, brush it, mate. If, you, if you're not invited the first time around and the NRL have come out and said it's an oversight, well, that, that's fair enough. But, yeah, we need the NRL need to be better than that. Seriously. like People might say I'm a bit biased here, but... He's no, played. Not. He's had a fantastic year. He's played 24 yep. matches, Vossi. I'm not sure how you can forget about Justin Olam. Surely the, the the most easiest way, the most straightforward way to do this would would be to when you when you're looking through nominations, start at the top of the ladder and go down. Now, mm. clearly, clearly the team that finishes first, they've had some really strong performances throughout their team. So let's go to Melbourne and start at the top and go down. As soon as you go Justin, Ol- Justin Olam, yep, nah, he's played the whole season. He's been outstanding. We're throwing him in. How do you forget about him? How do, how do they forget that? So, yeah, my comments yesterday were I'd be speaking with Frank Panissi. I'd be asking him to put a little phone call into the NRL and just say, look, is he going to take out the, the, the award for centre of the year? Looks like he's not going to because he wasn't no. invited originally. <laughs> if the answer is no, he's not, then I'll just say, look, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't make it. Well, there he is, Cameron Smith, and uh, I think the pride pride has got the better of him a little bit, um, but I do take his point, uh, 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 being a man of principle. I mean, if Justin Olam was not invited, whether it be due to a clerical admin error or not, he purely wasn't invited. Um, he says, brush it, Justin, brush it. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but in my opinion, he's the best centre um, of the year. Uh, maybe Matt Burton, too, from Penrith. I thought, I think he's had a, a brilliant... Uh, Season two, out of out of position. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. If you would like to uh, give us a call and have your say, uh, Graham's on the line. How are you, mate? Good day. I'm pretty good. Pretty simple answer for the Dally M's. Every player sure. in every game is given a score for, uh, between one and ten. So a team that has several good players, you could have multiple eights or multiple tens within the game. And at the end of the year, if there are several players that are tied, then you do a count back and the, the player that's had the, the, the greatest number of high scores uh, is the winner. So, you know, in the case of um, T- uh, Tedesco and, say, Luke Keary, they could both score an eight in a game, not just one of them getting 3-2-1. Uh, um, 
Well, there you go. There you go, Graham. Now, you don't have to be wearing a suit and uh, marching around uh, league headquarters to have a good grasp of how to do things. I think it's a perfect solution. I really do. My only concern with it, Graham, would be um, time-wise, again, we've got to have someone handing out those votes, and they're not just handing it out for three players each match. They're now handing it out for 34 players for each match. That might be um, an issue. But, Graham, I love the thought, mate, and, and thanks for, for giving us your opinion. Yeah, most welcome. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff. There he is, Graham. See? Simple ideas. And we're ideas, man, but sometimes you, you just think too hard. Perfect solution. Do you see any flaws in that other than the time-consuming bit? Well, I think that's the toughest thing is having – would you have one person on a panel doing that, doing 34 – that's a tough job. Oh, Statos don't even no, do that. No, and you can't have the referees to do it. Oh, gee, how did he play? Oh, let me think. No. Um, so logistically might be difficult. That's, but that would be my main concern. I'd prefer it to the system we have now. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll call that the um, the Graham the Graham from Vaucluse. Graham the Vaucluse. from Vaucluse. The Vaucluse system. The like Vaucluse it. system, if that gets, uh, gets the go-ahead. We'll talk a bit later on, too, about expansion. Um, basically, the news has come out today that after the grand final, so in two weeks' time, um, the NRL or ARL Commission will confirm that there will be a 17th NRL team enter the competition, not in 2024, but 2023. So the year after next, they haven't um, confirmed which franchise that will go to. But I think right at the front of the queue, as I said earlier, was uh, is Redcliffe Dolphins. They've got so many assets behind them. Um, and I think it's almost um, a lay down there that they will, they will get the gig. So was it, it was interesting. Found it interesting in the article I read today in the Daily Telegraph that Volandis was quoted in saying that the, that the financials look better than they expected. Yes, the financials look Which, better than they expected. Um, for me, rules out the Jets and puts, as you just said, then Redcliffe right at the front of the queue. Yeah, so they, yeah, exactly. It's going to the Dolphins, right? They will hold another round of talks with the other 16, with the 16 clubs first. The ARLC can just, you know, they can rubber stamp it and go, bang, it's happening. But I think, you know, the best process will be to go around and and get everyone's backing. You need them buying in, don't you? You need them buying in. But um, basically, they have shown that uh, through the extra team, 17th team, uh, enough revenue will flow into the game from that. And other things as well. This is, uh, let's not forget, this really, I, I think, Vlandy's was his head on trying to fight the AFL. And it all, um, it started in, in, a, in a plane ride, looking out the windows. And he noticed, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, I think, he noticed so many AFL fields in regional Queensland, country areas and on the outskirts of Brisbane. And he thought, shit, we've got to do something about this. Um, so we're going to get a 17th team. And it's going to be in the southeast of Queensland, or, or let's just call it Brisbane or surrounding areas. Um, and we'll have a bye each weekend from 23, 23 onwards. Um, well, they're always saying they're overworked, the players and clubs, and they could do with a freshen up. Maybe they don't mind that, having a bye. Uh, but from a fan's perspective, what do you think? I'm not a fan of having a bye. Um, it's just incongruous, if that's the right word, isn't it? So let's bring in an 18th team as well. Mm. Let's go back and bring uh, bring the Reds in. Hmm? We'll talk more about that later on, and uh, it's a bit close to my heart because I, I spent uh, quite a bit of time over there and, and poured hundreds and hundreds of hours into the club. 
um, not so much as a player, but helping set the club up uh, way back when. So we can talk about that. You might have some thoughts on that yourselves. 0457 736 736. Or again, um, like Graham just did, if you want to jump on the open line, we don't bite. Might not agree with you, but that's all, what it's all about. Uh, open lines are sharing your opinion and uh, joining the conversation. Um, this one here, uh, Chris, it's Whippet from Shell Harbour. It will be Melbourne v Manly grand final, huh? just like 07 and uh, 08. Manly winning. And Daly Cherry Evans gets the Clive Churchill medal. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, there's it. Yeah, you like that up there. We've got a few Manly fans up there tonight. That's so interesting, isn't it? That bloke with the Roosters jersey, Steggles on. He's still here. I don't know how he gets in, but he gets in. Uh, thank you to, uh, who was it? Whippet from, uh, from Shell Harbour. And as I've said before, so many similarities about the last time Manly won the grand final. They won the premiership in 2011. Who was coaching? Des Hasler. Who was halfback? Daly Cherry Evans. Who was 5'8"? Kieran Foran. I've got to catch you there because that wasn't the last time. Uh, they won. 2013. They oh, won. 2013 made a grand final. Give yourself an uppercut. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Hit yourself. Ding, ding. Sorry. Sorry, team. It's all Bad right. No, it's all right. We're all human. No, at least you, you were man enough to admit you made a blue, right? So the last time they won, right, was 2011, 2011. yeah, Spot against on. the Warriors, correct? Spot on. So there's the similarities, Hasler, Foran, DCE, and I've said this before, and there's the other similarity as well. The brothers, the electrifying fullback, Brett Stewart, we've got an electrifying fullback, or not we, you, your boys have, Tommy Turbo, and a gritty, hardworking, toiling forward who's his older brother. Glenn Stewart, Jake Trebojevic. You see all the, you see it all. You can. There's you can't a very believe nice it. Though. Symmetry to it. Yes. Symmetry is good word too. You can't see it happening though, can you? Um, you have little faith, mate. Hi, uh, Warren from Blacktown is listening. Hello, buddy. I'm glad you uh, are listening to the show. Hope you're enjoying it. After Penrith beat Melbourne, Cleary, man of the match. He'll make. Uh, he'll take the lead in the Dally M's. Go the Panthers. Well, I don't know. Will he? Well, he can't do that. No, because he's how many adrift? Well, they don't give out Dally M points. No, they don't. In the, in the, finals. In the finals. Give him he an uppercut. No, he can take the Rocket Man points. Give Warren, give Warren an uppercut. No, no. He doesn't deserve to. Well, no, but you're right. Warren, he, can, um, he can't get Dally M points for finals. But in our Rocket Man system, if the NRL chose to follow what we do, because we are pioneers, we're Absolutely. ideas men here, <laughs> aren't we? In the higher ground. And these guys up here, they have a lot of input into what we're thinking as well. You lo- uh, yes, I know. You can't forget them. Keep just keep supplying the drinks for the uh, the crew up there. Our Rocket Man system gives double points for semi-finals and triple points for the grand final. So even though Tommy Turbo's out by about ten on Nathan Cleary or James Tedesco or Nathan Cleary rather, Cleary can still pick him up if he gets six this weekend and then gets nine the following weekend in the grand final. Cleary can still take out. Rocket Man. You are listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren, and him, the Mad Russian. Up next, we're going to track down good old mate of mine, Tony Martin from the Melbourne Storm. Away to Pickens. George Arnie knows one way. That's high. And he's there. By heavens, the little fella's family's way. Ten metres through the feet of the Western Suburbs. Goes inside the ten and the five. Oh! Somebody stop him. He'll run out of the stadium. It's Gearin. 
You're going to like this guy. He's all right. He's a good fella. He's one of us. Yeah, he's more than a good fella. He's a, he's a great fella. And uh, this is our, our, our segment where we, we, we chase down and track down the good fellas of the past. And we, we turn back time and, and walk down memory lane. This bloke I used to be really good mates with, and I still am, but I haven't seen him for about 18 years, right? We used to work together when he played over in London Broncos, and uh, we formed uh, well, it was quite a, a close-knit uh, club over there. He's a premiership-winning centre and foundation player for the Melbourne Storm. He was only a teenager when he joined Melbourne Storm, I think, 19 or maybe 20. That was in 1998. His name is Tony Martin, and he joins us on higher ground. Tozza, how are you, my friend? It's been too long, mate. We need to uh, catch up more regularly. Oh, it's crazy the way things turn out, isn't it? And look, a lot of those boys from from London days, and uh, I was really close with it, with a few of them. Um, but you sort of move on, don't you, in a different directions? But you know, if you ever do bump into each other down the track, wherever it might be, even if it is more than a decade, um, the beer will taste just as good. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Like you said, we were a very close knit group over there. Uh, very few Aussies amongst a lot of Englishmen. Uh, we enjoyed our time. Uh, my wife speaks very highly of you. Why she was your PA at yes. the London Broncos there for a, a couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, mate, we, we had a great time over there. Very special memories. We're actually trying to organise a, a London Old Boys reunion this year, but uh, obviously due to COVID, that's that's been cancelled. But it's it's certainly on the agenda. I actually ran into. Peter Gill and a couple of old oh, London yes. old boys uh, a few weeks ago. So, yeah. so yeah, always nice to bump into people. Uh, tough to get down to New South Wales and, and see you at the moment, obviously, with what's going on. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll catch up at some stage. Yeah, well, give my regards, won't you, to Mel? She's, uh, she's been carrying you for about two decades now. <laughs> right, uh, Taz. <laughs> she's a good one, mate. She's a good one. Uh, let's talk about your, your, your first season at Melbourne Storm. Now, this must have been quite mm-hmm. incredible for you. You were... Were you eighteen or nineteen? So, in nineteen ninety eight, the club, yeah. yeah, the club was first uh, first born. Really, um, yeah. a number of players yeah. came across from um, the Western Reds, like Robbie Kearns, etc. Uh, Matty Geyer. Yeah. I'll be talking to Kearnsy yeah. later on, actually uh, tonight. So, tell him uh, one second, eh? I will. Yeah. I will for sure. How did it come about? Um, a young teenager from um, Queensland country heading all the way to Melbourne Storm. Yeah, well, my story was a funny one. Um, I actually went to London when I was 17. So I was on scholarship with the Brisbane Broncos uh, when Super League started in, was starting for 1996. Uh, the London Broncos were owned by three three guys who also owned the Brisbane Broncos. So they asked for some young kids to go across. The, uh, the Marantas, right? In, the Marantas. Yeah, Barry, yeah, Barry, Barry Maranta and Porky Morgan. Yes. And, uh, it was one other. I can't remember who it was now. Um, but yeah, so I went to London when I was 17, played two years, uh, played first grade at 17 over there. and um, Had come off contract, had actually re-signed to go back and then had some issues with a visa uh, to try and get back into the UK for, for 1998. So at the time, the London Broncos, our coach was Tony Curry. Um, yes. He'd obviously played under Chris Anderson at the Bulldogs. Uh, so he, he sort of made a phone call and said, mate, I've got this young kid. He's played first grade for the last couple of years over here. Yeah. Uh, are you still looking for players at Melbourne, he said, yeah, absolutely. So, wow. um, so yeah, so he got in touch with the manager. By the time I sort of found out that I couldn't go back to London, uh, sort of had the offer to, to either go to Melbourne or go to Brisbane. Brisbane, obviously, I'd been on scholarship with Brisbane, so they sort of expected me to go to there. Mm. Um, yeah, and had a decision to make on, on where I wanted to go. And, I mean, it was as simple as I'd played first grade in England for two years. 
I couldn't see a pathway at Brisbane. They were, you know, at the time they were star-studded. Uh, you know, they had a bloke called Steve Renoff there too in the centres <laughs> at the time. <laughs> they, they had some good players uh, and plenty of good young kids as well. You know, so like around my age, so it was like, well, I'm not going to get a go there. Mm. And my thinking was, at the time at Melbourne, there was going to be 25 first grade rugby league players in the whole state. Yeah. You know, so my thinking was, well, 17 have to play every week. If they get three or four injuries then I'm half a chance of, of getting to play in the NRL. So wow. that was that was my idea behind things. Uh, and, and it eventuated pretty quick, yeah. I think I, I got to debut in about round seven or round eight uh, and then didn't get sort of dropped after that for the for the three years I was there. So, yeah, wow. mate, it were three, three magnificent years. It was, it was amazing to be a part of the club when it first started. You know, just the, some of the things that we went through. And, uh, yeah, it was... Fantastic memories. It's always it's always nice to go back every year with the the old boys reunions and, and chat about those sort of initial years because uh, it was a club that was built on very strong foundations and and one that you know still lives by those foundations now, which is is always nice to go back and and see that they really uh, respect the the past and respect how mm. how the club was started and the hard work that that it took to to get it up, you know, from blokes like John Rebo and Chris Johns and Chris Anderson. Uh, you know, it was it was pretty amazing. So uh, yeah. it's certainly nice to sit back and, and watch the club continue to succeed now. Well, what a unique pathway. Who would have thought the mm. Foundation Club Melbourne Storm <laughs> would be recruiting a young Queenslander all the way all the way from London? And that from team London. you were playing yeah. with London over there, so Tony Ray would have been yeah. playing. I reckon Mark Carroll would have I been was... playing. I reckon Terry Madison would have been playing. Peter Gill. I played with... Yeah, so I played with Bob Terry Madison. I played with. I live with Sniffer Tony Ray. Oh jeez! Uh, well, how'd that go? He was play- Yeah, it was, <laughs> well, it was it was it was awkward um, at one stage because the second year he was still playing and mm. he'd been appointed as CEO the next year. That's right. So I remember one day Kelly Egan, who was at the time was at the Cowboys, yes, um, rang the house to talk to me about going to the Cowboys for 1998, and of course Sniffer and Kel had played together at North Sydney, and he was on the other line, Kelly was he? Rang, so when Kelly rang, my sniffer answered the phone. So he just thought he'd rang to talk to him. So he's chatting away, chatting away. And after about 10 minutes, he says, oh, by the way, oh. I'm actually ringing to talk to Tony Martin as he's there. <laughs> <laughs> so then sniffer just sat there the whole time and listened to everything. So oh, God. that was a bit awkward. But, yeah, uh, well, we will. Yeah, no, Bud Carroll came after me. Uh, yeah. Peter Gill was there. Uh, yeah. Kevy Langer. So, yeah, some, some big names. Oh, I reckon there were. Yeah, and uh, mm. sniffer Tony Ray, he, he's uh, actually the, the godfather of, of my first child of Matilda too. But I, I haven't spoken to him. Yes, he is. I haven't spoken to him for a while, so yeah. I stayed there, didn't I? And I was there for about a decade. Uh, you and yeah. Mel, you and yeah. you and Mel left me stranded, and I was. Uh, I continued over there. Yeah. Back to Melbourne Storm, mate. So you played with some yep. wonderful players in that foundation um, team. Uh, Glenn yeah. Lazarus, yeah. Uh, he was captain, yeah. wasn't he? Brett Kamali, who does a lot of work for yep. us here at SEN. Uh, Scotty Hill, yeah, Matty Guyer, Robbie yeah. Ross, Marcus uh, Bai. So we're a Nick Gow. Rusty Bowd, you wow. remember Rusty from, from yes. London? <laughs> wow. Some fun memories and some, some scary memories. But yeah. Yeah, mate, we, we were a club pretty much thrown together. We had the guys from the Western Reds. We had the guys from the Hunter Mariners. Yeah. Uh, we had Lazo and Robbie Ross were at the Broncos. Tarwater came from Cronulla. Rusty and I came across from London. Uh, ben Rory came down from Canterbury Reserve. Great Craig Smith came down from... Canterbury Reserve grade. I think Marcus Bayer was at the charge, Gold Coast Chargers. So, yeah, yeah. mate, we were a team thrown together, um, predicted to come last, obviously, because they just went like you 
absolutely no chance. Mm. Um, and we, we made the semis that year and, and we got knocked out by the Broncos who ended up winning the comp, um, you know, and had a, had a really good year. So mm. um, it was, you know, we were, we were sort of built and built around the hard work of Canterbury. Chris Anderson brought yes. the hard work of Canterbury and the, the, you know, Chris Johns and John Revo brought the family side of things from the Broncos. So their ethic was always, uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. So keep all the girls happy off the field and the boys can turn up and work really hard at training knowing that the girls are okay. So especially being away from, from families, a, a huge, huge job from, at the time, our football manager, Mick Moore, who again had come down with mm. his wife, Trace, and, and their three kids. Uh, he was the football manager and, and mate, he was the glue that held everything together. He was the one that found everyone's house and, you know, schools mm. for the kids and, and kept everyone happy. And, and unfortunately, Mick passed away um, first game of the year uh, in 2000. It was about two weeks after Mel and I got married. Mm. Uh, we went to Auckland, played Auckland. in New Zealand, and, yeah. And, and, and he, yeah, he unfortunately passed away. And, you know, that was, that was really that. awful. So it made, made that last year that I was there uh, a really tough year because, you know, at the mm. end of the day, Football was put into perspective. It was it was much more important to look after sort of Trace and, and the kids mm. and, and things like that. But it really showed how close the family, how close the club was um, to look after them and still look after them. Now, well, Mark, he's one, of the, he's one of the assistant coaches. Uh, sorry, that's Mark Brentnell. Mm. Um, one of the kids, one of one of Mick and Trace's kids is, is down there next. I think she works at the club. And, oh, good, and you know, yeah. they still... Uh, still look after her, so yeah. It's a, well, it's those a very those um, those foundation blocks, you know, that the family uh, mm-hmm. very much still there, and and Canterbury uh, with yep. Chris Anderson was known as the the family club, and I think a lot of that is still yep. is still there, and and Craig Bellamy is reaping the rewards of that. You wouldn't have played under Craig; he arrived, I think, the year um, that you left, but you couple were years. a couple, couple of years couple after. Years but you, you were going mm-hmm. you, were, you were going great guns. What, what's a bit unique about you, Toz? I'm talking to Tony Martin, by the way. Mm-hmm. Melbourne Storm Foundation <laughs> player. Um, what's unique about you, though, uh, we see a lot of players at the end of their NRL career, they go over and play in the UK and earn a bit of extra coin um, in the twilight yeah. years. But but you went still as yeah. a very, very young man, maybe 22 <laughs> years of age or or 23. How did that come about? Uh, well, again, it was it was Tony Ray. So, mm. yeah, it was. I was having a great time at Melbourne, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, this is the life of rugby league and the business side of it, I guess. And I was, yeah, quite young and naive to it. At the end of the day, I loved it. My time in Melbourne, loved the club. The club loved me. And, and I thought I was there forever. Um, and then contract negotiations came, negotiations came up. And, mm. you know, it's the first time I'd ever really been through it um, at any sort of level. And, and, you know, clubs obviously play the game. And, uh, you know, it just happened that one day I particularly went home uh, from training in a, in a bit of a bad mood about what they were what they were trying to do and the games they were trying to play, and uh, and took a phone call from from Tony Ray in London. Just he was just ringing as a mate. Hey, how you going? How yeah. things? Looks like you're going great on the field. Blah blah blah. At the time, he was the CEO of the Broncos, and I said, Oh, mate, I just had a rough day. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so what's happened? Oh, I'm going through negotiations. Oh well, Richard Branson's actually just come on board at London, yeah. giving us a truckload of money, mate. Would you would you consider coming back? Well, I didn't see and any. I, said, oh, I, was, I was the marketing manager. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any of Branson's money. Thanks for telling uh, me. <laughs> mate, I, I saw you out on plenty of uh, club lunches. Yes, yeah. They were good days. Uh, yeah, they were good days. Yeah, they were good days. So, and that's mate. And that's how that's how quickly it turned. Yeah. Literally from that, he rang the manager, and a week later they. 
they offered me a contract that, that I mm. couldn't refuse. And, and you were great and over there. It, you were great over there. You really had a, yeah. a, a wonderful fuse. And then you moved on to the yeah. Warriors and you were in now. So it's another club, yeah. another another new setup. So you've been <laughs> to, to Melbourne from Queensland, <laughs> then to London, then back to Melbourne, uh, to London, and then back to yeah. Auckland. Auckland, yeah. Jeez, yeah. it would have been so hard to time. put down roots. Well, it was hard. Yeah, it was I, the the how I got to go to Auckland. I was actually I don't know if you remember. I was on a goal kicking streak in London at one stage to yes. break um, the world record. The world record at the time was thirty two. Actually, I saw someone just broke it over there the other day. It's now thirty six. At the time it was thirty two, and I was up to twenty nine. <sighs> and the Warriors were having real issues. They didn't have a goal kicker. They were going great guns on the field. Didn't have a goal kicker. Who was coaching there? Ivan was out. he? Uh, no, no, Daniel Anderson. Daniel, Daniel yeah, Anderson okay. was yeah, the yeah, coach yeah. when I originally went. Um, so yeah, so I signed as a as a goal kicker. Went over. Daniel got the sack after about half a season that I was there. Uh, Tony Kent took over, and then and then right. I've ended up the coach there for the last year or two that I was there. So mm. um, so yeah, so that was I had four years in Auckland. Um, I was the last coach, and and then I left Auckland uh, because Tana was born. Our son was born when we were in Auckland. Uh, and mate, it was just too much travelling. I was away every second week yeah. for three or four four days at a time, and you know it was just really hard. So I rang the manager and said, "Can you get me a club either in Sydney or in the north of England, somewhere I don't have to be travelling all the time?" So, yeah. um, you know, so that, that's how I ended up to go back to England a third time uh, and went back to Wakefield. So yeah, ended up mm. having. Couple of years at Wakefield, couple of years at the Crusaders, and then a, a year at Hull. It was like so, a magnet uh, yeah. for you, the UK. It was like a <laughs> magnet for you. But you were always studying, yeah. Toz, weren't you? You're always studying through yeah. your career and readiness for life after yep. football. These days, what yeah. your financial planner are you? Yeah, financial planner. So yeah, studied stockbroking and bachelor of business, and then ended up doing financial planning. Actually, when I first came back to England, I, I finished my electrical trade, so I'm a qualified Sparky as well. Oh, but wow. uh, don't ask me to do any electrical work; I'm a bit dodgy, but I do have a license. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, financial planning, mate, is 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 something I'm really really passionate about. I always wanted to get involved in that. And my idea was also always around sort of looking after rugby league players or, or athletes. Mm. Uh, but when I came home, I, I did some work in construction and. You know, construction workers have the same issues, and, and so do everyday mum and dads. You know, at the end of the day, mm. you know, a lot of people don't have the time to sit down to, to do what we sort of do for people. So uh, so I really enjoy that, you know, sitting down and taking financial stress away from people. Uh, it's it's a really rewarding job, and, and I love it. So, yeah, so really, really excited by that. So uh, things are going good, and uh, very, very busy at the moment. You're so from you're from good. Gladstone, Tony. You're from Gladstone, but you're yeah. living in Rockhampton, uh-huh. and, and NRL brought yeah. games to both of those areas, uh, semi-finals yeah. as well. How, how did that all go down? It was fantastic, mate. I've actually just bought a place in Rocky, so I'm about 400 metres from the from the stadium, Brown Park, up here, and yeah. mate, it was it was fantastic, mate. The whole place was buzzing. The, with a couple of NRL games, um, you know, it was really busy and people were really excited. And then to get the semi-final, uh, Newcastle and Parramatta, it was it was amazing to sit there. I was I just felt so proud to be a Central Queenslander to sit there, and the place was packed out. It was a really great game, and my son was there, who's you know sixteen and a half, and he grew up being in NRL dressing rooms and he's just he's he's saying to me after the game like yeah. oh could you like could you see we were so close to the NRL players mm. we were so close you know yeah. and and these kids like they just they just like he forgets you know what yeah. he saw when he was yeah. younger but you know these kids it was just it was really good for them it was so exciting it was yeah it was great how the NRL had the opportunity to do that 
uh, you know, and the people up here loved it. So yeah, it was nice that they embraced it uh, and got to, you know, get close to those those NRL players and watch an NRL game, like a, especially mm-hmm. a knockout semi final. It was really exciting. So uh, so yeah, no, enjoyed that. Had a few beers down and could uh, could wander home. So that was nice. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Mate, I could talk to you all night, Toz, but we're running short of, <laughs> short of time. Tony yeah. Martin from Melbourne no Storm. Um, before you go, predictions, mate. Mm-hmm. Who's who's going to play in the grand final? Oh, short. I think. Storm and South. I, yeah. I think it could be any of the four teams, but I, I think you know. I think Melbourne and South will be the two, uh, and I hope like crazy that Melbourne wins. So uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how close. I'm not a very good tipster, so I may have just put the knock on both. Yeah. But hopefully not. That's what uh, most people are thinking, yeah. brother. That's what most people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's great oh, it's to been talk. A great year, mate. Yeah, it has yeah, been. They've been. Too, they've been superb. They really have. And uh, you're right, though. Yeah. I think any one of the four could possibly win it. Great mm. to chat to you, mate. Yeah. My love to Mel. Thanks you for joining too, us, uh, yeah. Tozer, Thanks, on higher ground. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> mate, we'll uh, we'll blow the top off a couple soon. As soon as COVID's gone, mate, I'll be down for a beer with you. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Sounds good. Sounds good. See you, mate. And it's coming up to uh, eight minutes to nine o'clock. We're here for another couple of hours or so. So if you would like to jump on the line and have a chat, feel free to do that. Um, open invitation uh, to be a part of the show. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Or if you want to keep those texts uh, coming through, 0457-736-736. A uh, couple of things we want to talk about. Uh, one, expansion. As we've said earlier on, the NRL has all but confirmed that a team will be coming in. In 2023, uh, another Brisbane team or in southeast Queensland, likely to be Redcliffe. They haven't confirmed that. I'm just saying that. Um, but we don't know which team it will be. So we will have 17 teams, uh, not next year, but the year after. Um, the financials stack up better than they thought. That's what the ARL Commission is saying. And uh, more revenue will be brought into the uh, the game. Um, Peter Vlandy's ARL uh, Commission chairman will do another round of talks with the uh, all 16 clubs. I guess just getting them all on board and explaining how the um, the coins and all stack up. Uh, but there you go. You might have some thoughts on that. What do you think about a second Brisbane team? What do you think about having 17 teams in the Premiership? Because that's what's going to happen. And I think I'm right in saying that uh, Peter Volandis has said that uh, another team won't be entered for several years after mm. that if if at all that happens so um i don't know i think if we can go to 17 maybe we can go to 18 um, i say bring back bring back the western reds what say you oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the uh, the text line or again the open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy gee it was great talking to tony there can mm. you believe that we were like we we're really close um you was, could tell yeah well i was close with a lot of the boys but tony was one of me my mates and when when we could, obviously professional footballer he was. I was working there at the club, um, but it was still pretty professional. But there was always a bit of downtime where you could you know, have a beer, have a beer at the, the local pubs, or and there were plenty of pubs around where we lived, mm-hmm. all around uh, Southwest London, or five or, or more, and they were pints too. Or jump on a plane and let's uh, let's go off to Italy or somewhere yeah. uh, for a few days, mm. and that's the way it was. Isn't whenever, that whenever that yeah. that was one of the key benefits of so many NRL players going to play with London Broncos, and there were loads of. Oh, I'm just trying to think of some of the names. Dennis Moran was there at the time, I think. Um, uh, oh, gee, loads of them. Matty Toshak was there. Chris Ryan was there. Dean Young, um, and the list goes on. But one of the benefits and the draw cards was that people go over there and that hadn't seen the world mm. or hadn't seen Europe play at London Broncos and get some time off 
and um, and shoot over and, and see the see Europe while they're there. So um, most of the boys really enjoyed that, and the families did as well. They were good times, but nice to talk to Tony. I forgot to ask him. Why didn't you remind me? Um, headgear, right? So we're oh. talking. We're talking to Steve Renoff, weren't we, the other night? And uh, I said, oh, Steve Renoff is well, arguably, I said, undoubtedly the best centre ever to wear headgear. You remember me saying that? I do. And I said, I'm going to talk to Tony Martin. He's another centre that was very good that wore headgear. And I can't think of many other centres that wore headgear. Uh, Jared Croker? Mm. Can you think of any other centres that wore headgear? And I got picked up on Twitter, and I haven't got his uh, his name on here. Uh, it basically said, Chris, don't forget Dave Brown. Now, you won't remember Dave Brown, and not the prop, Dave Brown, the centre, and not... I won't remember him either because it was way before my time. He was uh, an Aussie icon, really, through the 1930s. He won two premierships with Easts um, and scored so many points, tries and goals and established so many records, some may be- never be bettered. Um, he was referred to as the, the Bradman of League. And then in 2003, he was inducted into the Australian Rugby League Hall of Fame. And in 2008, he was named in the New South Wales Rugby League Team of the Century. So, um, yeah, Dave Brown left him out, headgear centre, eh? But it wasn't my time. I'm just looking at some pictures of him now. Oh, look at him. And the headgear was different too. You should see these. Like, mm. They're more like the, like one of those bomber jet pilots. The Brown old, with yes. the straps around. <laughs> well, yep. Not quite. Yeah, the straps right down protecting the jawbone and all that. I wanted to ask Tony Martin because I only recall him. I don't recall him not wearing headgear. So... Did he begin wearing head? He had a really nasty bike accident in Melbourne and ripped his face apart, Ooh. lip, and had to have plastic surgery, I think. It was really serious. I don't know if that was why he started wearing headgear after that, or maybe he just always wore headgear. And Pearl was telling us the other night that his mum made him wear it because he got mm. um, concussed. really concussed when he was 14. Yeah. And his mum said, no headgear, no play, Steve Renoff. So um, I should have tried to get Jamie Soward on. No, so... Out there, listeners, who are some of the the great backs, not forwards, great backs to have worn headgear? So we're not just restricting it to centres. Mm. Who are some of the great backs of all time to wear headgear? Jerome Hughes has had a damn good season for Melbourne. He wears headgear. Jamie Soward, he won a premiership with Wayne Bennett at the Mm. Dragons in 2010. He wore headgear. What other backs wore headgear? Did any wingers ever wear headgear? (laughs) What are you laughing oh, at? I know. It's a bit bravado, isn't it? I know. I know. They're overpaid. I know. Um, there are a couple in Union that used to wear headgear. No, I'm not talking about that game. I'm talking but, um, Lee. I'm JT, talking our game. JT's oh, Thurston. Be sorry. Did you, well, didn't even think, think of JT. Yeah. Yes. Jonathan Thurston. Is there a better player? And let's restrict it to the last 50 years so I can remember. Is there a better? No, there's not. You've just answered it. What a stupid Sorry. question. What about me throwing that question out there? Is there a better player than Jonathan Thurston to have worn headgear and not been a forward in the history of rugby league? Let us know. You're listening to Higher Ground. It's two minutes to nine. And uh, two minutes past nine. We're here until 11. Great to have you listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. We talk a fair bit of rubbish. Oh, hands up. I know that. I know that. So you're not telling me anything I don't know. Um, we talk a bit of rugby league as well. And uh, we're obviously focusing on these two huge games this weekend. All starting, well, uh, it'll be about half time tomorrow night. 
oranges right now. They'll be cutting up oranges and having their Gatorade and Powerade. Halftime between South Sydney, Manly. Round the grounds we go. Suncorp Stadium, halftime. Manly 12 leading the Bunnies 8. Manly 12 leading the Bunnies 8. Hey, well, there we go. What a strong, strong performance from Manly. Turbo in for two tries already. Two tries already. Only two? Yes, only two. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a huge game. And then, obviously, on Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Uh, back at Suncorp Stadium. Penrith Panthers against Melbourne Storm. Um, and that is just it's the grand final that people thought we would see this year. It's the grand final replay of last year. Will Penrith bounce back? Um, got beaten by South Sydney. Have been two really gritty games Penrith have been through. So look at that two ways. Is that a, a really good lead into this crunch game against Melbourne? Two hard games, lost to South, beat Para. Um, or do you favour Melbourne Storm? They've just been sitting back with their, their heels up, sipping on margaritas, watching the other teams belt seven bells out of each other. Um, You've got to think Melbourne are in the in the box seat to yeah. win that one, but, you know. I'd love the Penny Panthers to win, wouldn't you? I really would. It was good listening to uh, Roycey Simmons last night too. He spoke with Dry, uh, Joel and Fletch mm. yesterday. Good fellow, Roycey. Yeah. Uh, so what about that? So he hadn't scored a try all year. Scored two in the, the grand final, his 91. Last game. His last ever game. Scored two meat pies and won the club's first ever premiership. <laughs> There's no dream ending. Well, that's one of those stories. If you submitted it to Hollywood, they'd turn it away and say that. Too far fetched. Yeah, it is. You can't. You can't. You can't be writing stuff like that. It's a it's bit the great yeah, thing about that sport. is. I mean, that is uh, that is the unscriptable. That you're yeah. right. It's but there's a similar thing, not quite as as magnified as that, but with Wayne Bennett mm. and Adam Reynolds this year, both leaving the club, um, having lost three prelims in a row. It's not on the same scale as what Roycey did. But, you know, there's still there's storylines everywhere. Manly, did you read the paper today too, the back page of that? The stat, I haven't got it in front of me, but they lost their first four games. Yep. Yeah, and now they are one game from a grand final. So they are, I think, just the third team in premiership history or in 83 years, it might be. I haven't got the mm. paper in front of me, to have uh, to be one game from a grand final or if they make the grand final. Mm. Having lost your first four games. Do you remember the win? Warriors. Warriors. It was a daily Kerry Evans field goal. Was it a real on wobbly the one? Was it a on real wobbly bell. one? He sort of mishit it and it went like a frozen rope. It was just... A frozen rope. I like the analogy. Straight over. Like it it yeah. was flat as a tack and it yes. yeah, wobbled over. Uh, on the Central Coast from memory as well. And then... Yes, it was. Mm. Yes, it was. Uh, and then... And obviously Tommy, Tommy Turbo wasn't playing. So Tommy That's Turbo right. comes back in and they just go, boom, 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 boom. Boom, baby, look at us. Desi's head was on the chopping block. Hair and all, the whole lot. Mm. The whole lot was on the chopping block. Um, talking of Desi Hasler, um, he spoke today, I think it was, on facing the great Wayne Bennett. Oh, I think it also comes uh, with the territories, comes with experience. Uh, so, you know, he's been there and so many times and, and the expectations around that. And it's probably yeah, at this stage, uh, as far as players, it's getting them in the best possible shape uh, that you can in order to present uh, a kickoff. Yeah, I said a couple of weeks ago um, when someone asked me about South, um, uh, I think their, their forward pack um, 
uh, has been a real cornerstone. It's been it's very underrated, and they've been going about their work. You know, you've only got to look at the back row that they have and what they're working off the bench, and they've been they're working very very hard, very tight for each other. So, um, uh, and they've got a lot of experience um, in the halves that have played. A lot of footy and um, are good at handling those uh, clutch moments. There is Desi Hasler. Now, I've uh, recently, well, about an hour or two uh, ago, we got an email sent through from the NRL official press release that uh, Manly centre, uh, left centre Brad Parker, who's done really well this year, defensively particularly, I think. Um, he's been ruled out of tomorrow's game with a hand injury. Moses Suley comes in and will replace uh, Brad Parker. We told you this last night. We learned it because Buzz Rothfield of The Telegraph had reported already that that was a done deal. Well, the NRL press release has confirmed that he has been ruled out. Brad Parker will not play. Now, Desi Hasler, well... I am accusing Desi of telling blatant pork pies because earlier today he said this. Bit of talk about Brad Parker and a potential injury. Can you give us an update? Will he be fit to play tomorrow? Yeah, he's good. He's ready to go. And Sean Kepi as well? Yeah, he's fine. So completely 100% all good there on 1-17? to Ready to go, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, ready to go. Ready to go, Desi. My pigs, you trying to pull the wool over our eyes or you just... Playing this for fools, Desi. Come on. Um, so there you go. Breaking news, or well, I don't know if it's breaking. Well, it's 17 minutes. It's been sent into my inbox. So Billy Slater will be confirmed as the Queensland coach. Um, so it's set to be confirmed after the star fullback agreed to take on the origin role next season. Billy Slater in charge. So he takes uh, takes the clipboard. Um, Paul Green. Shown the door, Billy Slater will come in. He played 30 Origins, Billy. So that is expected to be uh, confirmed tomorrow, I think, they're going to do that. Mm. What do you think? He'll need some help, I think. That's a tough job to take on as your first one in coaching. What is he, not three years retired? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think it's a different ball game, Origin. I really do. You know, you... You got the best of the best in the business playing for you. I think it's more of a man management role. It's um, and obviously he brings a wealth of of game intelligence to uh, to the the group, um, an enormous amount of pride, and and he's a hard worker, really diligent. But you're right, he'll he'll have a few pl- people around him. Um, I don't know if Cameron Smith and Jonathan Thurston are going to assist. It doesn't say that here, and um, well, I can't spend all this time. Um, going through it all, but he has told uh, a Sydney radio station, um, blah 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 blah. It doesn't it doesn't say whether he's going to have any assistance there or not. But Billy Slater, you can lock that in. We'll mm-hmm. coach um, the Maroons next year. I think it's good. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be really really good. Um, Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett. So um, even Wayne might go back and assist. Could you see that happening? He's not yeah. got a job next year. At the moment, he's waiting for one year before he gets his gig with the uh, team. expansion team. Would make sense. Oh, my God. Can't Wayne just put his feet up for a year? Do I you think would. that's Wayne's no. I don't think that's I Wayne's would. way, do you? Well, you can only have so many cups of tea a day if you, you know. That's right. um, that's but it. I would. No, he just wants to keep going. But that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, at, at Wayne's age, and look, he's, he's only still relatively young, but he's in his 70s, but... You see people sometimes they give something they love away and, and they age really quickly, mm. whether it be business or a hobby or 
exercise or, or whatever, but mental exercise, it keeps him so sharp. So, um, yeah, half by joking, why doesn't he have a rest? But, yeah, so he'll probably slip in there and help Billy for a year and then then take on um, a job maybe at, at, at Redcliffe, Redcliffe Dolphins. Mm. He spoke today, didn't he, the, uh, the master coach? Hello. Can I interview myself? <laughs> Wayne on Wayne. Hey, Wayne, can you hear us? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you, we'll kick things off. Oh. Is that it? That's the best bit of the press. Oh, Wayne. Unfortunately, yes, I can hear you. Was that crickets I could hear at the start the of it? Scraping. I don't know. It sounded like. Let's hear that again. This is Wayne linking in um, via Zoom for his, his official press conference today. Hello. Can I interview myself? <laughs> Wayne on Wayne. Hey, Wayne, can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, too good. Uh, and his next line, unfortunately, yes, I can hear you. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Um, he's given so much to the game, um, but he hasn't given a whole lot to media. I mean, imagine beating those press conferences post-match. Oh, I'd be sh- not shaking in my boots, but you just wouldn't want to be there, would you? You'd feel a bit uncomfortable. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now that uh, is the text line. Just on that that expansion too. We talk about Wayne Bennett um, linking up with Redcliffe Dolphins in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty three rather. That's when they it would appear are going to come in. So uh, Wayne will probably help out uh, Billy Slater with uh, the Maroons next year. But on on the whole issue of expansion, and again, get involved um, via text 0457736736. What do you think about another team coming into the south southeastern part of Queensland? What do you think about the NRL playing with 17 teams as opposed to an equal number? So we will now have a buy um, each and every round. And while I'm at it, what do you think about bringing the Western Reds back or having an NRL club based in Perth? As I said earlier on in the program, I think the NRL or the ARL Commission are are really missing a giant opportunity there. And I I am talking from experience because I was part of the Foundation Club. I went over there in 1994. Um, I signed a a second string contract, um, captain reserve grade for most of that. But I also went there fresh out of university and uh, helped set up the marketing department, selling the sponsorship, all that sort of stuff, and helping to put the game on the map. Um, in very much a, an AFL str- stronghold. There was only one AFL team there, the, uh, the West Coast Eagles. They were at the peak of their powers or thereabouts before the Dockers came in. But so many things were there and set up for rugby league. A big rugby union presence over there. A lot of South Africans, a lot of English as well. And a lot of expats, you know, from the Eastern States had relocated to Perth. So we set up in 95, or years before that, for a couple of years it was building. Our first game was 95, March 12, 95, against the Dragons. Actually, we won 25 points to 12. Brad Mackay was, uh, was our captain. Um, I was watching on in Reggie's, but that's not my point. The game could certainly have survived. The crowds were good, even though we're playing at a, an unfriendly stadium, the Wacker, that is built for cricket and you know, just not for rugby league. Now they've got purpose-built stadiums over there, right? Everything was set up. We had loads of sponsorship. We were breaking even, not a problem, making money on match day. The game would have grown for sure. And then this thing called Super League came along. Now, I think a lot of people are of the um, misunderstanding that the Western Reds were kicked out because they went broke. 
Well, that's not true at all. The Western Reds, under the ARL, the original Western Reds in 1995 and 1996, before they jumped ship and became part of the Murdoch crew with Super League, they were going quite okay financially, but they were building some debts up. And most of those debts were built up because the ARL didn't have the foresight to say, you know what, we're going to have to help these guys out financially. Because guess what? It costs a fair bit of money to fly not one, but two teams to the other side of the country every fortnight, i.e. first grade and reserve grade, and put them up in hotel accommodation for 60 people every fortnight, Mm. 60 people and more in flights every fortnight. And then the Western Reds had to pay their own way coming back every fortnight, Mm. shipping 60 players out here on planes and accommodation. So the debts were growing. But the reason the Western Reds are no longer. Don't be fooled by the fact that it was because they went broke. It wasn't that at all. It was more that Super League didn't want them as part of their plans going forward. Now, I was listening to a a podcast today, or bits of it, and I did say because my brother is involved in the podcast, and um, it's a podcast that is John Gibson. Now, John Gibson is the son of Jack Gibson, and John does some really good work in the real estate industry at the moment. The podcast is called Talking Real Estate with John Gibson, son of Jack, uh, and my brother Mark is involved with it as well. But their special guest today was none other than the ARL administrator extraordinaire who was very much around at the time of the whole Super League war, John Quayle. And uh, he said a little bit, a thing or two about the Western Reds. It was the perfect time for us. We were only going to go 18 teams at that time. But when we looked at, at New Zealand... North Queensland, and of course we always wanted another team in Brisbane. Perth was always our option because you've said it exactly right, the expats. There was only one AFL team at the time and the support over there was incredible and that's why it was a no-brainer for us. The sad part about it that then when Super League hit, as you know, the cost, Super League's model was more money for less teams and it was a very easy decision to eliminate it, where ours was expansion, ours was exposure, exposure, new audience, new participants. And whether it's too late to do it again now, I don't know. That'll be a decision for the current administrators. But it was the time you knew the support it was getting, um, and it was the right time then. Whether it is again, I'll leave that to somebody else. Well, there he is, the great administrator, the best administrator this game has ever seen, John Quayle, uh, talking uh, on that podcast, talking real estate with uh, John Gibson. So there you had it. I mean, the Super League, they wanted more money for less teams, basically, but Western Reds were always part of the plan for the ARL, and that's when they expanded to uh, 20 teams in 1995. So the Reds came in, uh, North Queensland Cowboys came in, Auckland Warriors came in. Uh, and the, the Crushers came in too, South Queensland Crushers. Now, that was ill-fated, the South Queensland Crushers. So we did have two Brisbane teams, uh, but they didn't last either, nor did the Western Reds. I really hope uh, one day, and one day soon, the Western Reds are back in the NRL. Great to have you tuning in. Again, uh, if you want to pick up the phone and have a chat, the number to do so is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or if uh, you want to send a text, oh four five seven. 736, 736. But you should know that number by now. I do say it uh, often enough, don't I? Brandon Smith. So um, before the season started, there was all the speculation, wasn't there, linking him with a move to the Gold Coast Titans. 
then we've heard also seen him being linked with Canterbury Bulldogs. He's not off contract until the end of next season. However, from November 1 this year, he will be able to negotiate with other clubs. Now, Brandon Smith has always said to uh, Melbourne Storm and coach Craig Bellamy, he wants to be the numero uno, numero nine. <laughs> he wants to be the starting hooker, and he has locked that in. He, his form um, this season has been just so good. Keeping a player like Harry Grant, who is a rising star of the future, keeping him on the bench. So Harry's on the pine and Brandon's doing just fine. You like what I've done just there? Now, what's the future hold for Brandon Smith? Um, As I've said a few times, I can't see Melbourne Storm. I think it's just too much of a luxury to have two of the best hookers in the game in your 17 and in your salary cap. I think that has got to come to an end. I don't know why. Just sort of makes sense. I think it's almost hogging it, isn't it? <laughs> can you can you soak up? Because Harry Grant's going to be wanting more money soon, and Brandon is going to be negotiating a new contract. But he, I believe, has he's been hit out at you, Chris. He's hit out. Did he really? Well, what did he say? At <laughs> but at those speculating about his future. Well, not just me. I'm just thinking, and I can see you at home and in your car right now sort of nodding your head. How does it stack up? Mm. How can a team spend so much of their cap on two hookers, two world-class hookers? One, Smith, New Zealand hooker, and two, Harry Grant, who will be the Queensland hooker for many, many years to come. So do you understand what I'm saying? I just think it's a – what's the right phrase here? It's – I don't know, it's just a luxury, a luxury. I don't think a club can afford to do that. Might be wrong. And Brandon Smith can play other positions. I mean, he can play a middle forward role as well. You know what I mean, don't you? Sort of? Yes. It's a luxury the salary cap is implemented to try and avoid. Avoid, you're right, you're right. See, you put it nice and succinctly. Um, he spoke today, Brandon Smith, on his uh, on his future and that speculation. No, he didn't say that. Okay, what did he speak about then? Did you did you speak to him? You, did he hit out at me? He hit out at you. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> thanks very much, Brandon. I'm just saying, and I'm being honest. All right, I, I just don't know how it's going to work. Um, but he he said, look, um, he said it's going to be, and this is in the in the the article. To be honest, he says it's going to be virtually impossible to say no to the Storm. This is on him re-signing with the Storm, right? Um, I say that because of what they have done for me as a player and as a person. I've been linked with the Titans, with the Tigers, with the Bulldogs. Geez, they're all going great at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> so tongue-in-cheek there. I want to sort my future out sooner rather than later. I want it done sometime during the preseason. But before I sign anything, I want to be able to address the Storm If I am leaving, my preference is to stay here at Melbourne. I guess any club is any hope, but it's just whether I can bring myself to leave the storm. And to be fair, it's, it's hard to see me doing that. Mm. Okay. Um, Now he goes on to say, uh, I spoke to Trent Barrett when he was in Melbourne, but there were no serious talks. Um, Joshy as in Addo Carr was at a cafe with Trent and then I came and spoke to them. It wasn't about contracts. He obviously interested, uh, he was obviously interested, but I haven't talked numbers with the Bulldogs or or any team. So there it is. Brandon Smith clearly wants to stay at Melbourne Storm. Um, 
So that is it. He had some other things to say about the the rules as as well. Um, so m- most of us would agree, would we not? And you're at home now, shaking your head as well. That the the new rules have have led to the blowout score lines and um, the big six clubs getting bigger, margins getting bigger. Yeah, I, well, I think they certainly have, but apparently Brandon doesn't see it that way. It's always going to be controversial with all the um, score blowouts and stuff like that, but it's just other clubs need a lift. It's not. Um, you know, it's not their, it's not the NRL's fault bringing these rules in that are making the comp difference. It's it's the skill level and it's the training and and other teams just um, I think they need to adapt to it a little bit better. There is Brandon Smith, and um, well, I'm sure he's preparing for a monster game on Saturday afternoon when uh, Melbourne plays Penrith Panthers for the right to go into the grand final. And tomorrow, the first prelim final between Manly and South Sydney. We will preview both of those after this next break when the Prophets Guru joins us. It doesn't matter how many times you hear that, the gurus, that's my team. It doesn't matter how many times you hear that or simply the best. It just, you got to, it's a foot tapper, isn't it? you got to sort of just jiggle along with it, eh? Get you up there mad rushing. Even you, I mean, you're only in your early 20s. That's probably not your go, is it, the gurus? Only that song. Oh, come on. It's Only good. that's fine. Um, now, loads still to come. We're here until 11, uh, higher ground with me, Chris Warren, and uh, him, the mad Russian. Um, later on, we're going to be chatting to Stevie Maven from South Sydney. Um, we'll get a, a, his thoughts on what's going to happen tomorrow night at Suncorp when they uh, the Bunnies take on Manly. And uh, Robbie Kearns is going to join us again, if he's awake, because uh, we missed out on getting him last night. Um, so I know uh, it is getting a bit late. So I do appreciate our guests, all of them, uh, staying up to talk to us here on Higher Ground. Our next guest is the Profits Guru and all this information you can get from beforeyoubet.com.au, beforeyoubet.com.au. Guru, a very good evening to you. G'day, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. Well, we are down to four, my friend, down to four, and you've been kind enough to uh, volunteer your time right throughout the season. That's a dreadful line, Guru. Where are you, in a, in a well or something? <laughs> I'll see if I can show you. <laughs> um, you sort that, that line out if you can. Yeah, that's better. Whatever you did, mate. You've got the magic touch, the Midas touch. <laughs> South Sydney Manly, mate. I mean, look, how do we look at this? I'm just going to read out a couple of stats to you, um, and then you can run away with it, all right? South Sydney have won nine of their 13 previous finals games against Manly. That doesn't read good for the Sea Eagles, but this does. Manly has won four of their last five prelim finals. Yeah, there's some pretty good stats there, Chris, and I think this game is quite evenly balanced. I mean, before we get into it, I'll just point mm. out a couple of things. Um, we know that the NRL changed their finals system back in 2012, and that was where uh, you know the top four sides played each other in the first week. And since then, yeah. teams having the week off have a 73% 
winning record. And that means only five losses out of the 18 games. Now, in those five losses, the Storm have actually featured in two and the Rabbitohs have featured in one. Mm. Um, and 70% of those matches have been decided by 13-plus points. So that's when the team with a week off has, has won. And the average winning margin in grand final qualifying matches, regardless of the winner, so whether they had the week off or yeah. they didn't, is 15 points. So mm. I think that actually has to come into to people's thinking um, ahead of this, this week's fixtures because I think it's actually... I mean, a, a lot of people are expecting a close match. I'm expecting a close match in both games as well, but I, I found that quite interesting when poring over those statistics this week. Now, in this game, we've got the, the Rabbitohs at $1.70. We've got the, the Seagulls at two fifteen, And, geez, the teams are pretty evenly balanced. The Rabbitohs have won two out of the last three finals matches up against the Seagulls, and you had your stats before, which you know, probably heavily favoured South there. And I think South... I think South um, are probably the better place side, but I, I just can't rule out the Seagulls with Turbo and his supporting cast of DCE, Kieran Foran and, and his brother Jake. So I think that's going to be one hell of a battle in the middle. Oh, there's so many storylines to it and stats coming out of our backsides, um, let's be honest. But Turbo, so he scored 27 tries and made 28 try assists in 17 games this season. So he's one try away from... Um, well, going past Phil Blake, huh? Going past Phil Blake. But uh, the, the one thing that really, I think, is in South Sydney's favour. So we all know, um, I'm talking to the guru, Profits Guru from beforeyoubet.com.au. We all know Souths have lost their last three prelim finals. But in all three of those losses, they did not have the week off. The last time they did win the prelim was 2014. They won the premiership and they did have a week off, much like this time around. Yeah, that's a big big factor, as I said before. I think the thing with South, too, if, if they can have Taff at the back just um, do his job like he did last week, mm. I think it more of the pressure kind of falls on Cook, Walker, and Reynolds' shoulders, and they're probably going to have a strong platform up front from the forwards. Now, the Seagulls have a very big pack of forwards uh, to combat that in attack and also in the middle of defence, but I think where Souths have another edge is the players coming off the bench appear to be a little bit stronger for the Rabbitohs than they do the Seagulls. Now, that's not you know, completely putting a line through the Seagulls. And we spoke about Turbo's fantastic record this year. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the Seagulls haven't beaten a team higher than them on the ladder this year, regardless of the form that they've been in. Mm. And while the Rabbitohs have only achieved that feat once against the Panthers, I think there's a little bit more emphasis on what they were able to do against the Panthers. And in all honesty, the Seagulls had two opportunities against the Storm and, and couldn't really get that close to them. And I think that week one performance really showed if you can limit their possession and frustrate them, they can be vulnerable to Seagulls, especially on the edges. Yeah, I mean, everyone is leaning towards South Sydney everywhere, every every radio station I listen to or paper I pick up. It's Everyone's got South Sydney past the post on this one. I I, I, don't, I don't see them past the post at all from what we've seen from um, from Manly in attack this year. Um, I, I might be wrong. might be way off the pace. But anyway, we'll wait and see on, on that one. Um, it should be an intriguing match. So that's the first of the prelim finals. And the, the other thing too, um, and look, I know we're probably boring our listeners um, to, to sleep with, with stats and figures, but that's all we've really got to go on in, in many ways. No team has ever won the premiership having conceded 50 points in a season, in a game. Well, South Sydney have conceded 50 points, not once, but twice. 
and the two teams that beat them or put 50 points on them are both on the other side of the draw and they will play one of them in the grand final if they get there. If the Bunnies can win this premiership, oh, it will be an almighty effort. Yeah, com- completely agree, Chris. And the, the other thing, too, in, in preparing for this game, I looked back and had a look at the Rabbitohs' form, and it, it was quite good, but it's as if that victory over the Panthers has completely erased all of the other issues which mm. we, we spoke about earlier. So I don't think it's that simple. Look, I've got the Rabbitohs to cover the line, which is at one and a half, um, but I, I really think the Seagulls are in with a big chance of winning this game. All right. Well, whoever wins the game tomorrow, uh, Souths and Manly, they will play either Melbourne or the Penrith Panthers. Um, Melbourne Storm, uh, they have had the the week off, so they've just been sitting back and waiting for it. Penrith and Parramatta bashed each other up last weekend. Um, So the Panthers are walking a little bit wounded. Adokar is good to go. Brian Toto, I believe, is, is good to go as well. I don't know if that has been confirmed as yet, but I'm sure he will play. Melbourne have won 20 of their past 24 games against the Penny Panthers. Yeah, it's an imposing record, and they've also only lost 19 of their 52 finals matches that they've played in. So, And, and I know you, you can bore people with stats, so to speak, and the, the ledger between these two sides is split evenly. The round three um, match saw the Panthers scrape home 12-10, and that's probably a better indication than the round 20 match where the Storm defeated the Panthers 37-10, to as the Panthers were without Nathan Cleary on that occasion. Another big stat to mention is that the Storm have an 83% winning record at Suncorp Stadium compared to the Panthers 48%. Now again when when planning for this match and and rugby league's a type of game where you can look at stats but you've also got to trust your eye and to the eye at the moment the Panthers don't appear to be at their best. Whether it's confidence that's missing, um, there's a bit of a sense that Nathan Cleary's shoulder injury isn't seeing him take the ball as deep into the line as he once was prior to that injury. Uh, Jerome Luai doesn't appear to have you know the same confidence. There were there were certain opportunities last week in the Eels match where he had it have been early in the year he, he might have taken those and that's that's a concern but look the thing with the Panthers is yes they haven't performed to their best the past two weeks but they're capable of improving for this match here I've got the storm ahead in in this game but there's a couple of factors and another big one is the the loss of Mitch Kenny for the Panthers mm. now that means Appy Corusau is going to have to play 80 minutes in the middle and I reckon in the first 20 minutes of this match you're going to see 95 percent of the Storm's attack or their big forwards just run straight at Corusau and try and chew up his his gas early so mm. uh, I'm 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 leaning towards the storm, but geez, it's going to be it's going to be a tight match. And as you said, if Toto comes into the side, that changes things also. It does um, indeed. And you know, Ado Carr says he's he's about ninety five percent, and that might sound fine. But I, I I always worry when a speed star can't hit the one hundred percent mark, and if they try and hit the one one hundred percent mark, well, you never know what could happen with that hamstring. They're, they're a really tricky injury to get over. The other thing, just on Penrith still, Guru, and all this information and a whole lot more, it's, it's a great website if you are having a bet, is beforeyoubet.com.au. The other thing, too, we know Penrith's the cornerstone of their success over the past couple of years has been their defence, and certainly this year has been their defence. Um, Cameron Seraldo, defensive coach, you always hear about the great work that he does. They're averaging, what, about 11 or 12 points, if that, conceding per game. Um, but the last couple of games, a really worrying concern for them. They've only scored two tries in their past two outings. 
Yeah, and both of those tries have come from kicks. And it's not as if they they were limited. But look, credit has to go to the Rabbitohs and the Eels for the way they aimed up first and foremost. But it wasn't as if they weren't presented with their opportunities to score. They, they were. They just didn't take them as they normally would have. Now, whether or not that changes into this game is another thing. Now, the... the, the the point about defence is really interesting. That's that's spot on with their stat. And they've got a better defensive record than the Storm across the season. So, mm. I mean, we saw last week, you only have to score one try and, and kick a penalty goal to, to defeat your opponent. And whether the Panthers just say, OK, we're going to really tighten up our defence. They've got mm. the big bodies to do that. They've got the structure to do that. And they say to the Storm, throw everything you've got at us. Mm. We're just going to tackle everything that moves. And maybe that's a recipe for for stopping the storm. And look, I don't think the storm are invincible. We saw the last time they were actually pressured by a team was against Parramatta and they were defeated on that occasion. So I reckon the Panthers will be reviewing that video as much as possible. They'll be having a look back at the round three video and coming up with a pretty decent game plan to, to combat the storm. You speak a lot of sense, Guru. Thank you, mate. And and you're right. You know, Parramatta did that twice, didn't they? They just said, look, let's forget about scoring points. Let's just shut out this Melbourne Storm. And they beat them two from two. So that may well be the recipe for success that Penrith Panthers uh, may need to adopt. Guru, thanks for joining us, mate. And uh, we'll, we'll chat again on Sunday if we can. Sounds great, Chris. Have a good one, mate. Thanks for having me. You too, mate. And thanks for staying up up late. Uh, there he is, the Profits Guru from beforeyoubet.com.au. Well, in less than 24 hours, we will be smack bang in the middle of the first preliminary final. South Sydney and Manly for the right to go and book the first place in this year's NRL Grand Final. My God, it's come around quick and... Uh, the finals fever certainly has uh, grabbed hold of all of us, hasn't it? Joining us on the line now, four seasons with the Bunnies. He still has a big role to play uh, at Redfern, is Steve Maven. Steve, thanks for joining us. How are you, mate? G'day, Chris. Good, thanks, mate. Yes, it is a big clash tomorrow. Our fourth prelim in a row and a huge clash. We actually spoke to Phil Blake today on Rabbitohs TV. I'm doing a bit of that on YouTube now. And, yeah. And he gave us a good insight into the game. It was all about obviously Tommy Turbo, but he did mention that the back three for Manly have scored all these points. And my co-host Darren Brown said, well, we've just got to stop the back three then. He goes, just stop the back one. Start with stopping the back one and you'll go a long way to winning that game. And that's what it's sort of all about. I mean, Tommy Turbo last week was unbelievable. It was like a men against boys. But having said that, it was against the Roosters side that was under strength. Mm. And so if you go back a week before that, the storm sort of kept him in check. So we're hoping to be more like what the, the storm does as opposed to what the Roosters did and gave him a bit of room in the middle. You've had a busy day, Steve, with uh, Rabbitohs uh, Radio or TV or whatever you're doing, but I imagine there's a, the real finals fever grip around the club. Um, and it, it's all set up, isn't it? Um, it's not going to be easy getting past Manly, but if you can, I mean... If the Bunnies can get into the grand final, so as you say, they've lost their last three prelims, but there is a, almost a fairy tale story to be written there. The last uh, year in charge of the coach and and the, the the mighty number seven, his final year at Redfern as well. It is, mate, and it's got a feeling about 2014. It's the first time we've had the week off and gone straight through to the prelim, and we did that in 2014. And look what happened. It is yeah. a great advantage, you know, and seems to do that historically go on and, and win the big one. So, look, we've had the week off week off, and we're rested up. And, look, the news today come that Brad Parker's out 
for the for the Manly. He was he's a centre that's played every game. He's replaced by Moses Suli, so that's a bit of a blow for them. But we've just got to worry about what we can do. And the key for us is Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, obviously, and our forwards getting it done in the middle. And gee, we've got a fair forward pack: Cameron Murray at lock, Jaden Sewer and Keon Kalamatangi in the second row. You know, the, the goat Mark Nichols and Junior Tatola up front, and Damian Cook at hooker. Now, if Cookie has a big game and can get some space and run the ball, you know what he can do. You've seen him do it in Origin. You've seen him do it for us. So if he can get out of dummy half and put some pressure on this manly defence, and if we, all we really need to do, I think, easier said than done, is play like we did against Penrith. Have a really, have really good line speed. Get up in their face. And, and we only let Penrith score one try. So that was an awesome performance. And then one of our other keys off the bench is we've got Jacob Host who came on and had a blinder the other night. Uh, Tommy Burgess, Big Body, and, and Jai Arrow as well. Jai Arrow is he's an origin player and he's, he's a champion and he's, he's fired up for this. In the press conference during the week, he said, I'm going to take it personal from here on in. He's never been in this position at the Titans. He's never been in these big games in the NRL. And the other guy we got off the bench is a guy called Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. And so he could be the X factor for us. He comes on and plays on a number of different roles. And, and on top of that, we've got Wayne Bennett, like you just mentioned before. And Benji, during the week in the press conference, said, Wayne Bennett just has the knack of getting the best out of his players. And I don't know how he does it. He's just got this style where he just brings the players in and you know, he, they just want to win for him. Mm. And that's what I'm hoping will happen uh, tomorrow night. You spoke to Phil Blake, and uh, Blakey played with a number of clubs, uh, quite a few, but uh, obviously he played about three or four or years with Souths and about five uh, or five, four or five years with Manly. Um, and he holds that all-time record for Manly, tries in a season, 27, which Tommy is on now. Um, so obviously you, you threw the question at Blakey. Um, was he a bit, a bit worried about his record going? Well, yes, he is, but he's a very humble guy, Blakey. And, you know, he was full of praise for Tommy Turbo. When he said he's... You know, he's, he may well be one of the greatest Manly players ever, and they've had some good players along the years. So, you know, he, he was full of, full of praise for Tommy Turbo. And we've made it a bit of a Manly week. We had the mule, David Hosking, on Tuesday. Mm. We've got Wayne, Ch- Wayne Chisholm coming on live tomorrow, and we've got Terry Hill Saturday morning. So we're having a big week on Rabbitohs TV. And we also write a few articles now for rabbitohsradio.com.au. So we've diversified a little bit. But back to South, then the big question mark for us is if our superstar backline can get it done especially on the left side so you've got Cody Walker Dane Gagai, AJ AJ's had a big season too mate he scored a lot of tries as well mm. so if, if they can get the job done and also the right side with Campbell Graham he had a great game against the Panthers and Jackson Paula, Action Jackson we call him the rock star and at the back Blake Taft, now he surprised a lot of people we spoke about it last week me and you Chris, yes a few question marks over him, but he answered those. And we actually spoke to him on Rabbitohs TV as well. And he was great. Yeah. He's a great young kid. And he's in, he's full of confidence. And, and like he said, he dropped that first ball. But he said to himself, if I drop this ball, mm. I'm just going to put that behind me. And that's exactly what he did. And he came back and took some really important catches for us that turned the game in our favour. Yeah, as, as I spoke to you last time, my heart was in my mouth. But you're right. He, he made the blue and he was, he was near perfect from that point on. Um, mm. Do you think they can repeat the effort of that, that gritty performance against Penrith? I hope they can, mate. And yes, I do think that because, look, we've been better than Manly all year and we've been in the top four and we've only lost, I think it's four games. So 
yes, I think they can do it, but they still need to go out there and do everything right, what they did against Penrith. So that's completing at a high rate. And you know, this team's full of confidence. And you know, like I said, it's all pointing, you know, Renault's going, like you said, and Wayne Bennett's going, and we're also losing Gags. He's off, and so is Jaden. So, you know, the feeling that it's got to be this year, but having said that, we have got some talent coming through. Jason Demetrio is taking over next year, and we've got some, some gun talent coming through. So, yes, I hope it's this year. Yes, I hope that they go out and, and prove that they can do it again and, and get the win in the prelim that we haven't got in the last three years. And then if we get to the grand final, gee, that's going to be a big week. Absolutely. Any inkling, Steve, on what Benji, Benji plans to do after this season? I don't, mate. Uh, I mean, I'd hope he'd keep going because he's been really good at the club. Everyone says that what he brings off the field is almost as important what he brings on the field. So he'd be good at the club, but it remains to be seen. I, I spoke to Darren Brown, my co-host. He thinks that Benji will retire. But let's hope Benji retires with competition number two under his belt. <laughs> That'd be nice. So it's exciting times. We just hope we win through. We don't get to many grand finals. South has been one in the last 43 years, and we won that. Mm. It'd be nice to think we can get the job done up at Suncorp Friday night and then get a nine-day break into the GF, and then who knows? Obviously, yeah. it's going to be out of the Storm and the Panthers, and that's going to be a monstrous clash on Saturday night. Mm. They just bash each other up, and they've got a little bit shorter turnaround than us, and that plays into our favour as well. Well, there's storylines left, right and centre, isn't there? Um, regardless mm. of which of the four teams still standing wins this this thing. But I can tell you, Steve, if, if Souths are to go to the grand final and win this title, it will be... It will be an enormous achievement given that no team has ever won a grand final having conceded 50 points in a season. Well, you've conceded 50 points in a season twice and the two teams that put 50 points on you, they are playing off this weekend. Yeah, well, wouldn't it be ironic? And the old saying, records are meant to be broken and, you know, as time will tell, but I think we've got the, the squad to do it. And, you know, Latrell was a big loss, big trell and, one of the bonuses is he's been working in the opposed sessions, replicating what Big Tommy Turbo will do. So mm. we were lucky in that way we've got him there. Yeah. But it'd be nice if we had him out there. We haven't, but we'll get it done without him. Mate, I almost forgot. It. I almost forgot about Latrell, and that's what the mm. players have got to do, haven't they? They're, they're, he's not there, so use him in training. But uh, they've got to get this done. Uh, done uh, minus Latrell Mitchell. What are your plans in the off-season or even for next week? Um, you got a podcast or something with the grand final special? Yeah, we have, mate. So we've got the Terry Hill Terry Hill coming on tomorrow. So hopefully he's talking Give me about... my regards, Tez. I will. So hopefully he's talking about us going into the grand final. But if not, we'll just make it a grand final special. And yes, we'll, <laughs> we plan to get a few people on live on Rabbitohs TV. So if we if South are in there, which we hope we are, we'll get some... We'll try and get a few former South legends that have played in grand finals. If not, we might try and get someone like a, a Robbie Kearns or something from Melbourne if they're in it, or maybe um, Craig Gower from the Panthers, Brownie's mates with him. So we've got a, a lot of contacts we can call on. And, yeah, so we have got some plans coming up and articles to write and videos to release and podcasts to, to record. So it's all happening. It is all happening. Well, mate, good luck tomorrow night, Steve, uh, for you and your bunnies, and thanks for joining us, champ, on higher ground. Well, mate, I heard earlier that, the great Johnny Sattler sang a song, the old Rabbitohs team song. Uh, there's a rumour going around that happened earlier on on SEN that uh, Scotty got him on. So I'd like to hear that. If, if well, you dig that up and... I'll dig it. I'll dig it up for you. And uh, you can bet your bottom dollar, Steve, we will play that tonight.
Look forward to it, Chris. All right, mate. Again. Good on you. Take care. See you, legend. Bye. Well, joining us on higher ground now, uh, a good old mate of mine. Don't see much of him these days, but he's uh, still down there in Melbourne. We uh, we played together over there in the Western Reds and uh, a real good fella, and he's he's been on the program before. It's a very good evening to former Melbourne Storm front rower, Robbie Kearns. Robbie, how are you, champion? Uh, thanks for having me, Wee Wah. No, it's good, <laughs> mate. I'm, uh, everything's going all right down here. I better just tell our listeners too, uh, Wee Wah, um, for uh, if you're wondering who the hell's Wow, that's me. That's so that's my nickname, uh, basically. Me footy, <laughs> me footy mates call me Wah. Uh, school mates call me Waza, and I'll, I don't mind what I or really get called. Mate, it's big week again for Melbourne, and um, obviously, you know they, they've had the the week off. Um, they're taking on Penrith on Saturday afternoon. It's it's been rearranged that time to suit in with you blokes down there, you AFL fans. Um, it's been a special achievement, hasn't it, for them this year? Nineteen wins on a the trot. They they made that equaled that longest winning record. How do you think they're they're shaping up this time round, mate? Do you think they'll go all the way? But first things first, do you think they'll get past Penrith this weekend? Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a magnificent year, um, Wyatt, in the sense that um, you know it's another minor premiership for the Melbourne Storm. Um, they've been. So consistent, as you said, they went on a winning streak of 19 games, which equaled the uh, the record. So uh, come to a halt with Parramatta beating them in, I think, maybe the second last round. But, you know, the last few rounds, I think it was well documented or, you know, a lot of people were talking about it, that maybe the last three or four, maybe five rounds of the competition, they weren't on song as they were during the start of that run. So uh, they hit a bit of a hurdle. And as you can imagine, and it happens every year. Well, I mean, I've, I've said this before that, uh, you know, when you've won, prem- it's very hard to win a premiership and almost impossible to back it up. Um, we saw the Roosters do it a couple of years ago. And before that, the last team to do it was the Brisbane Broncos in 92 and 93, I think. So, um, you know, you're the hunted. So every team's out to get you. And uh, But for Melbourne Storm to be so consistent in the year after winning the premiership, uh, you know, full credit to those guys. Craig Bellamy's done a wonderful job. Um, obviously, without Cameron Smith, uh, they're going on to bigger and better things, so to speak. But, um, you know, it, it'll all come down to this weekend's game, the prelim up against Penrith Panthers. No one expected Penrith to lose uh, week one of the finals. Uh, but as it is, they uh, we're up against those guys. So um, it'll be an interesting game. But um, I see a few injuries uh, Penrith are carrying a few injuries, so that might, may play into our hands. I'm not too sure, but uh, it's going to be one hell of a game. Well, the week off, I, I reckon, will certainly help you. And um, you, you, Craig rested a number of players um, in the last round of the season too, and, and that certainly uh, showed in, in week one of the finals. He's a special man, isn't he, Craig Bellamy? Um, he's, he's sort of adapted and evolved. We've had the new rules, and he was very much a Melbourne's game was very clinical and defence orientated, but but he's adjusted the sales, hasn't he, um, to move with the, the new rules, etc. And they've looked really, really good. But who would have thought, Kernsey, you know? I mean, did you think, okay, once the likes of Cooper and, and Billy and Cam and others were retired or moved on, did you think this success would continue the way it has under Bellamy? Oh, I mean, with those three players you just mentioned, I mean, they 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 are superstars of our game. And I, you know, obviously been down here in Melbourne for a long time since their inception in 1998. And I'd often go up to Sydney and 
a lot of critics would say, oh, anyone can win a competition with those three guys playing for you. And I was always thinking, well, I really hope Craig coaches on beyond yeah. the big three, just to prove a few critics wrong. He's got nothing to prove to anyone, but yeah. I just thought it would be a good, a good, good feel for Craig to actually coach without those three big players in your team. And uh, it's proven this year, obviously, you know, they've still got, uh, you know, this weekend's game, and I'm sure they're not thinking ahead of that. But uh, so still, you know, they've still got two more wins to, to win a premiership. But what he's done with this team, um, it just shows that, shows that uh, you will play your best football under Craig Bellamy. He gets the best out of you as, a, as an individual, mm. uh, which obviously then, you know, obviously flows onto the, the team the team effect. But he, he's a wonderful person. I think I've said to you before uh, on this show that, he just he, he just has a relationship with the players. Um, they respect him. He respects them. And uh, when that happens, and he's you know obviously winning games of football, everyone's up and about. The uh, the culture in the players is second to none. And uh, yeah, he's just he, he's a, he's a really really good person first and foremost, mm. and a wonderful coach to go with it. Yeah, and and like um, you talk about, so so if he goes on and wins the premiership, this will be the first time without a without a Billy a Cooper or. A, or a Cameron Smith in the team. Um, I guess you probably would have had some concerns, and, and like most Melbourne fans, righto, what about when Cameron Smith retires? But look at the team now. Brandon Smith has had the best season of his career. He's only a very young player himself still. But he he's probably the best number nine in the game at the moment on form. You've got Harry Grant, who can't bust his way into the starting team. So I don't think anyone in their right mind would have thought, you know what, we'll just be rosy with uh, the dummy half position following the retirement of, of Cameron. But that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, we all know Cameron's possibly the greatest player that's ever played the game. So, um, you know, when you lose a player like that, uh, you would think you would go backwards at least a bit mm. as a team. Uh, but as you said, they, uh, they've gone to a whole new level. Uh, they seem to be playing well together as in Brendan Smith and Harry Grant. Harry Grant was most probably the first number nine chosen at the start of the year, and then he had an ankle problem that kept him out for about six to eight weeks. Uh, Brendan Smith took the opportunity with two hands and has never looked back, so Did he's he been starting all, ever since. And and they, as you know, it's, it's the one-two punch. I mean, uh, you know, if Brendan's had enough, they take him off, but if he hasn't had enough and we really, really want to uh, inject someone around the dummy half, I'll throw him back to, you know, whether it be second row or lock um, and, and bring Harry on. So, I mean, it's a wonderful combination we can have uh, with both those two players just mentioned. But, um, yeah, it, you know, as, as, as we've spoken about, why that, you know, they've had a marvellous year and, you know, I'm, I'm so happy for everyone involved because they, they do work hard. It's not it's not a fluke. They, they actually work extremely hard week in, week out. From the head coach right down to, I was going to say ball boys, but mm. they're, uh, they're they're current players at the moment. Yes. But uh, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. I mean, it, they work really hard, so I'm really happy that they're uh, you know they're, they're, they're performing. Uh, but as as mentioned, and definitely not counting any chickens, but uh, they've got a very hard game to go this weekend. If they're lucky enough to get past the Penrith Panthers, we'll uh, mm. we'll go into uh, consecutive grand finals. Yeah, and uh, Penrith, they, they're showing signs to me. Um, they're, they're looking a little bit busted, aren't they? They're just looking a little bit tired, and Melbourne will be really, really fresh, but it should be a cracking game. Massive forward pack, Melbourne, and they, that's, they always have had big forwards, and Craig obviously likes to have a few 
uh, you know, big, tall timbers. You've got the likes of, of Christian Welsh, who's playing some of the, his best football. Um, Jesse Bromwich, the skipper, obviously. You've got um, Nelson Asafa Solomona. And, and then you've got Tui Kamakamitha as well. Some big boppers, aren't they? And I guess there's still room for, or an argument for having the biggest pack in the competition. Yeah, no, definitely. We've got some big boys there. And um, as you said, Big Nelson, he's been coming off the bench the last few games. And, uh, you know, bring, he comes on with, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes to go before half time. And usually the opposition forwards are reasonably tired. And uh, on comes a 130 kilo giant. He's very elusive on his feet as well. So uh, it's, it's working well at the moment. Um, as you said, you know, the old saying, you can't win games without your forwards going forward. And uh, definitely the Melbourne Storm forwards are going really well this year. Who's the best and prop in the game? Kernsey, who's the best prop in the game? Oh, mate, funnily enough, I've been very, very impressed uh, with Fisher Harris, yeah. uh, the Penrith guy. He's, he, he's, he's consistently been good for a few years. You know, for whatever reason, he doesn't get a lot of you know, raps but uh, this year, more so than ever, he's, he's, he's copped his fair share of raps and very well-deserved. I think he's a, he's a tough player, um, plays fair but hard, and uh, what he's done for the Penrith Panthers over the last couple of years, I'd, I'd say he'd definitely be out there. There's plenty of good ones. Jesse Bromwich has been very consistent for a number of years, but uh, I think this year alone, uh, yeah, Fisher-Harris is uh, the best prop in the game. He's a scary customer too. Would not like to bump into him in a, in a dark alley. That is for sure, Kearns. He'd rather bump into you. You're more of a, a cuddly, cuddly, <laughs> cuddly teddy, yeah, tell, teddy bear. Hey, um, righto, let me ask you another tricky one, right? So you've got the likes of Tommy Turbo Trebojevic and um, James Tedesco. They're, they're right in contention, aren't they, for the Dally M this yeah. year. Um, there's a, a struck match between these two superstars of the game. In your time as a player and, and even post-retirement now, all your years watching rugby league, Kernsey, who's the best number one? Can I say Sean Devine? <laughs> oh, you're kidding me, you are. Put your serious hat on. Sean Devine, yeah. My old mate, roommate. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought they'd get a laugh out of Is Billy still mate, the best? Um, oh, listen, I've seen Billy... For a long period of time, I, I, I had I actually played. This is how long ago it was. Uh, you know, I retired in 2005, and he debuted in 2003. So I had three seasons with Billy, mm. and whilst he was performing very strongly early days, uh, he didn't peak, hit his peak till maybe a couple of years later. But mm. consistently, week in week out, year after year, he was so good for such a long period of time, and he came back from a couple of bad shoulders. Um, Teddy. Uh, again, similar to Billy, been consistent for a long period of time. And Big Turbo, he's had a breakout year similar to uh, Jared Hayne of 2009 mm. and when he went on that purple patch run. But, mate, there's, they all sort of bring something different to the table. Uh, but maybe because I saw it week in, week out with Billy, um, you know, I don't. I, I watch a fair bit of football, but I don't. I'm not glued to it like I was when I was uh, involved in the mm. Melbourne Storm. But so I was used to see Billy week in, week out, and uh, you know his performances is very rarely early days. He was rocks or diamonds. He'd win your game, but he'd also lose your game. But yeah. then he got very, very consistent, and uh, you know you, it'd be very, very hard. Well, the way he was performing in the last sort of six or seven years of his of his of his career was outstanding week in, week out. So I would say Billy Slater, he'll he'll definitely in years to come be uh, immortalised. 
um, and uh, who's who's to say the other guys won't? But um, you know, Billy's retired. These guys have most probably got a few more years left in him, in them, especially Turbo. So, uh, but yeah, Tom, Teddy's been fantastic for a long period of time. Also, very hard to split him, but I'm going to say Billy Slater. Why? Mm. How do you reckon he'll go if he, he, he gets appointed as the, the Queensland coach? Yeah, oh, geez, he's, um, he knows his football. For, funnily enough, uh, I mean, he, when you talk about being a coach of the Queensland Maroons, he's only very, very young, really. He's still he'll be train he'll be coaching some players he played alongside, such as Daly Chair Evans and be a few others. But so it's a big call, but he knows his rugby league. He's got a really good, smart head on him. And you, if you ask Craig Bellamy, who's renowned as the greatest coach ever up there at least in the top three or four uh, he would often uh, for any advice in regards to game plans or bits and pieces the two people the three people he'd go and ask wouldn't be knocking on uh, Wayne Bennett's door he'd be knocking on those three guys doors Billy Cooper and Cameron they all have very very good footy smarts about them and uh, he's, he's often said he'd be a great coach and he's very passionate about rugby league he has a great work ethic, so um, I think it would. Uh, I think it'd be a success, absolutely overnight success of uh, the Marines, uh Queensland side. Yeah, oh, we will see, mate. I appreciate you jumping on, Kearns. Yeah, late notice as well. Um, I really do. And uh, before you you head off, who does Melbourne play in the grand final, Manly or Souths? Jeez, it's a tough one. Um, I think the fact that, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, that the week off can really help a team. I'm not saying it gives them you know, a guaranteed win, but I feel that South uh, might get the chocolates there. All right, Kernsey. Thanks for your time, mate, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. I really appreciate it. Good on you, Juan. Take care, brother. There is. There is. Robbie Kearns, former uh, Premiership-winning Melbourne Storm prop. This is Higher Ground. Well, the next time I speak to you will be uh, NRL match day from midday on Sunday, and we will know which two teams are through to the grand final. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Be sure you guys up there in the corner, you turn the lights off on your way out. I'll join you again on Sunday. Until then, keep smiling.